Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, we're going to be picking it up in verse 7. I'm real excited to get started, yep. brother. Let's go ahead and All pray. Right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study this evening together. We pray, Father, for those who will be listening and watching on, on uh, us this evening. I uh, pray, Father, that things are said, that things are done, that uh, that will help them to draw closer to you and to navigate through maybe some of the problems that they have in their own lives. Father, we pray your blessings upon each family. Uh, we thank you so much for them. And we thank you for the support that we get uh, from, from all of our audience and all the people that are praying for us and are, are helping us out uh, with this ministry. Thank you, Father. Bless us as we, as we study this evening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to pick it up in chap uh, chapter 20, verse 7. Verse 7, so this is the, the Ten Commandments, you know, and it's interesting, I mentioned this I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago when we first were looking at these, you know, depending on your tradition, you know, and, and where you're at in Christianity, they count these commandments differently. Mm -hmm. So the, the, first, the first command, you shall not, you shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not make for yourself an image. In some traditions, that's all one of yeah. the Ten Commandments. And, um, Judaism, the first the first command is, I am the Lord your God. Yeah. That's the first one. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that, you know, we the way we count these commandments, even there, there's a little bit of disagreement and tension in, in how we look at them. But in verse 7, you know, it says, so we've looked at, of course, you shall have no other gods. You shall not make for yourself an image. So you're not going to make yourself a representation of these gods. And then verse 7, it says, you know, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name what does it mean to misuse the well, name well you know in, of the a, lord? in not in this version but in, in other words it says do not take the lord name in vain okay okay uh you know and there and there's a lot of thought on that you know people say uh, uh there's there's certain phrases that we use in the united states oh g-o-s-h or oh god or that that's taking the lord's name in vain uh, some people believe that some people don't, you know, people get upset about, you know, people that talk like that, you know, uh, you know, there, and then of course there's a, uh, uh, profanity laced, you know, where God's name is used, uh, you know, and, and I think that's what it's talking about. I mean, that's what, I mean, not necessarily that, but I think, I think, look, taking God's name and, and misusing it, I think is, is the best not taking it in vain, but just misusing it. And I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I think everybody has a different mindset about what that means. So I think emptying his name of power 
is is really there, emptying his name of what it. So what is his name? Right, I am the ever existing one. Mm -hmm. From him stems all life, all blessing, all everything good. Right, First John. Right, God is light. Yeah. So, what is it? How do you empty that name of power? In my mind, um, a very stark. Actually, very. I've got a very stark idea of what that means. Like I've got a, I've got a memory. Right, and it's something that I saw, and I was like. That's probably more taking his name in vain than anything else. Because Joshua, remember Joshua, and it, talking about calling on God to curse people. Um, Joshua did that, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the gate with the gates of Jericho. Mm -hmm. After they'd overthrown Jericho, Joshua pronounced a curse on anyone who would lay the foundations of that gate. And God held that true. Yeah. And we see that happen with and people died. Mm -hmm. So is it... Now, I'm not saying it's right to curse using god's name that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is joshua laid a curse down and uh by the power of god by the power of god so and it came to be and it came to be so so there's power in that right there's power in using that um can we misuse that i absolutely i think we could you could misuse that um in fact we see that quite often with oaths oaths taken on I, in god's I name i think to to dumb this down okay mm -hmm. for me uh and I'm not saying our audience is dumb, but, you know, sometimes we get too technical sometimes. Sure, sure. I think in our culture today, it is too easy to take to use God's name in a profanity-laced tirade. Sure. When we get mad or upset or, or you know, whatever, and we're doing, going GD this and GD that, God didn't do anything. You know, I had I had this conversation with somebody just the other day saying, how do I, how do I, I've got this guy that does this all the time. And it's really uncomfortable. What do I do? How do I say it? And, and you know, we we had that conversation together with this individual, and and both of us told him the same thing, just in different ways. You know, you told him that uh, that that uh, this these people are addicted to sin. They're That's addicted right. to a sinful life. Right. And I said, you know, people use. I did it when I did it. Used to do it. It it was. I didn't even think. It yeah. was just a normal conversation that came out of my mouth. I didn't. I didn't mean any harm. It's just the way profanity was. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to use God's name that way. God didn't do any of that stuff. And that's taking that's taking the power out of his hand and relegating him to a place where he said, well, God must have done this. So that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's how that's how I think we don't really see it that way when we're when we're, you know, because as we're growing up as kids, we hear parents say it, we hear People at school say it, and it just becomes part of our vocabulary. We don't think anything about it. Doesn't make it any less wrong. It's so, still wrong. So the the memory I've got, and to to break it down, uh, Barney style, as you might say, um, I was sitting down in a in in a pew and listening to this. This woman was was up there delivering this message. It wasn't Sunday morning or anything like that. It was associated with one of these. <laughs> public pseudo public religious holidays you know mm -hmm. like the national day of prayer something like that and this lady got up to start you know delivering this this message and she spoke she must have spoke for 45 minutes and um you know some of the stuff it was it was a, i've noticed that christians tend to blend nationalism and christianity and, and she was certainly doing that um and those things ought not to be in my mind ought not to be blended but um, one of the things she said was she was really upset at the content that Netflix was producing, right? Netflix has been putting out some stuff, uh, has been for years, actually, stuff that is very anti-Christian and, and not not going along with, with Christianity, right? 
And so this lady called up Netflix to give them a piece of her mind. And she's telling us what she told this person on the phone who works for Netflix, you know, and it's not okay that you guys are doing this and yada, yada, yada. And she was going on and then she said, oh, and at the end, so after she's torn into this, this poor girl on the phone who works for Netflix, right? After she's, absolutely no power yeah, at all. Nothing to do with these creative decisions whatsoever. At the very end of it, she said, and after she's like torn into, been very rude, been very disrespectful, all these things, torn into this little girl or little dude who's out on the phone with her. Then she says, and at the very end, I said, and God bless you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, I, and I thought to myself, if, if I've ever heard of somebody taking the Lord's name in vain, that's it. And it was not just that term. It was the whole conversation. I mean... And God, that's not what you, first of all, that's, you say, that's what you're saying, but we all know that's not what you're meaning. No. You're not in any, the way you said it, how you said it, um, you, you are, what you're really saying is F you yeah. to this poor person on yeah. the phone. Yeah. Right. And you're not even, and it's not even this person, this person has nothing to do with it. You're trying to direct that animus it's some at minimum, Netflix. Some but, minimum wage, the poor little person. You know, I mean, what happened to, you know, turn the other cheek? You know, and that what boggled my mind is then, and so obviously, you know, to me, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. Of course, what I don't, on a broader note, if you don't like what somebody's doing, just stop patronizing them. Yeah. You don't, just, just, hey, I don't have anything to do with Netflix. You know, I don't buy anything from them. You know what's more effective than calling and harassing a poor, a poor person who answers phones for Netflix? You know what's a lot better than that? Just stop giving them your money. Mm -hmm. If you've gotten to a place where your conscience does not like what the stuff that they're 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 selling, don't buy it. Yeah. It just just stop. Yeah. Don't what you probably shouldn't do is pick up the phone, call some person that that works at Netflix, and rail harass them, them yeah. and then take the Lord's name in vain. Because that's really, I mean, and God bless you. I'll never forget. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that, that's <laughs> horrific. Don't do that. You yeah. know? Oh yeah. Now that, that, that lady, you know, that works for Netflix or that guy that works for Netflix, who's answering the, the person you talked to on the other end of the line. Um, I'm sure they're just going to run down to their local congregation and want to jump right into the Lord's people. Oh yeah. Obviously yeah. the Lord's people are filled with love and yeah. compassion and, yeah. and understanding, yeah. you so, know, it's so anyway. how do you, how do you misuse the name of the Lord? You ascribe it that you ascribe things to the Lord that he has not done, or you misuse his authority and his power. There you go. Um, I it, think that's good. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty simple. I would say. So remember the Sabbath day in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy six days, you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord, your God on it. You shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son, or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that it is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Um, so, I don't know how controversial this is, and so I, I'm just going to point it out right now. Sunday is not the Sabbath. Mm -mm. Sunday no. has never been no. the Sabbath. No. Um, I've run into some people who, who no. are under the impression that so the first day of the week, that Sunday no. is the first day of the week, not the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So some people seem to be under the impression that the Sabbath moved to the first day of the week. That's no. that's never the case. No. We don't find that. Um, Sunday, is, Sunday is is not the Sabbath day. It was no, Saturday. It's never, and it's never been the Sabbath day. No. Yeah. So I don't know why. The reason the church gathers on the first day of the week is because we see that example very clearly in both the gospels and 
in the book of Acts, mm -hmm. that the church gathered together. Jesus rose on the first day of the week. It's, it's permeated It's permeated all through. Even in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says on the first right. day of the week when it, you come together to, to, you know. When you come you, together, take, an, you yeah. take up a collection. Take so up when a collection, I come, that's what he said. Yeah. Right. So um, all throughout it, we see that the church gathered. And it's not just in the scriptures, in the Bible that we see this. We also see this in all the church father writings, the apostolic fathers, uh -huh. which are those guys who studied under the apostles, right? Mm -hmm. um, we see it in their writings. We see it in uh, the later church writings. I mean, this has been the way the church has done it since the get-go mm -hmm. because we are remembering the Lord yeah. and when he rose. Yeah, and and even in Acts chapter 20, it said on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Right. Know? And they came together to, yeah. to to gather together as a body of people. Yeah. You know, and they, and uh, you know, so. So what this is about, though, is still an important concept, even in the New Testament. So. Sure. You know, obviously, this is the covenant at Sinai. That covenant has been nailed to the cross. That covenant has been done away absolutely, with. Absolutely, absolutely. But a lot of the concepts are the same. So Jesus would say, right, the foundation of this covenant is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the foundation of this covenant. It's also the foundation of the new covenant. Mm -hmm. So we have very similar foundations. A lot of what we see in the old covenant is a shadow, and this is one of them. Yeah. So the Hebrew writer will tell us that we still have a rest to enter, and that's what this is about. Yeah. This is about... A Sabbath, a Sabbath rest. Needing mm -hmm. rest. And we see that some of them didn't get to go into the Sabbath rest because they were disobedient, because they did not do what it's they true. were supposed to do. Absolutely. And so they missed the Sabbath rest. And what he's talking about, Sabbath rest, is that that where we're going to spend with, with God. That that going there and the six days is talking about our life, and, and then we're going to die, and the Sabbath rest is what we're looking forward to. So in the New Covenant, you're absolutely right. When you're looking in, in the book of Hebrews, when it talks about this, that's, that's exactly the parallel mm -hmm. that the Hebrew writer draws. He mm -hmm. says, look... In the, in the covenant at Sinai, you had a Sabbath rest. You worked six days, you rested on the seventh. That's, That's right. the standard that God set. God did not need rest. No. God did that for us. He did this it for us. This is a gift. Yeah. Something Jesus points out in the gospel. He gets upset because the Pharisees are using this as a cudgel yeah. to beat people with. Yeah. And he's saying, this is, this is for you. This is a gift. This yeah. isn't something you're supposed to hurt people with. And um, they, but they had, they had taken it from a human perspective. Oh yeah, and looked at it yeah. to say, okay, that means we can't do anything, and they wouldn't let. They, everything was illegal. Couldn't well, do anything. when you look at this from a perspective of, okay, I can't do these things, right? And then you translate that into, okay, well, if I can't do these things, then we need to, and we're not supposed to do these things. Then we need to build a wall around it so we don't even get close. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They they made stipulations, mm -hmm. ordinances mm -hmm. uh, concerning the Sabbath day. So no one would get close to working on the Sabbath day in the first century. That's that's what the Pharisees were doing. Um, that's not the basis for this law. The basis of this law is I love you so much that because I love God and, and because I love you, because God loves you, mm -hmm. how, what do I need to do to help my brother not feel like he needs to work on the Sabbath day? Try. Try. How can I help him rest? Yeah. You know, and so with that, with that understanding, then it changes everything. Then it's not about making sure other people are counting their steps. But, hey, I've got all these people who live on the outside of town. I'm talking about from a first century sure. perspective. Mm -hmm. I've got all these people that live on the first outside of town. As a teacher of the law, instead of going to the synagogue, I'm going to go out there to them. And I'm going to help them connect. That way they don't have to come all the way into town and, and possibly do some work. I'll just go out to them. That would have been the proper response rather than saying, well, you better count your steps. I better not yeah. see you in the synagogue on Saturday because you live all the way out there. And if that's too many steps. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It was, like it's, it was ridiculous. Absolutely. And it was, and it was, 
It was a lot like what we have today, where mm. we have God-made, I mean, man-made religions that don't have, they'll, they'll have any connection at all, don't even look like what God is trying to tell us to do in the New Testament at all. That's truth that, yeah. You know, I mean, Jesus. I mean, Jesus looked around and walked around, and they they had taken the temple and made it into a into a marketplace. And, you know, that it, man man had figured out that this is what we need to do for religion. They were completely content with it. It's just like people using the Lord's name in vain. Hey, I don't have a problem. I've heard people. I've heard people come in. They're visitors that that took the Lord's name in our foyer. You know, and and not think anything about it. Well, this to here too. You know, just taking taking religion and making it fit what my narrative is. Well, and it's we're going to actually see the Jew, uh, the the Israelites do that in just a, in just a second. And, I mean, we're we're going to see them reject God at the end of chapter twenty, and then we're going to see them in thirty two culminate that rejection in doing exactly what we see people to do today, which is they take what God has said. And they turn it into their own man-made religion. They there turn it into their own idol. That's what's happened today. Um, and we're going to see that real strongly yep. in 32. So, yeah, do we still have do we still have rest today in the new covenant? Do we have a rest? Yes. As you were pointing out, the six days, that's, that's our life. That's our life. When we fall asleep in Christ, we have rest in him. And, will, and that, that's what he promises to us. That's right. If we stay faithful to him, stay committed to his grace and mercy, then and 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 live that that faithful life that that will receive a crown of life. What he says in Revelation chapter two, he says he says say faithful in death, you'll receive a crown of life. Well, is that's the Sabbath rest is what he's talking about, and that Sabbath rest will will go on for all eternity. That's right. Which is is what I'm looking forward to. So, all right, verse twelve: Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So this next this next command is honor your father and your mother. How do we? What does that mean to honor something, to give someone honor? I think hold them in respect, I think. Hold them in, in regard, I think. Uh, you know, that's very difficult for some people whose parents did not earn that. Did, mm. Didn't earn that, that, that. I mean, remember, you know, I'm not saying the commandments, but they lived in a different culture, so it would have been different then. You know, I don't know what it, what, uh, but you didn't have bad parents back then? Uh, probably did, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. They probably did. Uh, you know, man, I, I've struggled with this one because, because you know, people know me, know that, that, uh, that you know, I had to break away from my family. Mm -hmm. I, I broke away from them. I, I could, religiously, I could not continue doing what they were doing. And I didn't hold them in high regard because I felt like that they had lied to me. Mm. And taught me things that were not true, and and had, God had to come first. Honoring them in that in that vein would have meant that I never came to Christ, because I would have always done it their way. I would have always been sub submissive to their way. That's that's the way the world sometimes looks at this. I can't look at it that way because it would have hindered me from becoming what I needed to become and doing and being obedient to what I needed to be obedient to. I tried. I tried to bring them along. I tried to teach them and bring them. You know, I wish I'd have had the opportunity like you had with your mom to teach your mom and to and to try and and to get her someplace and then baptize her. I'd have given anything to be able to do that. I couldn't. I would have given anything to be able to do that with my dad. I couldn't. They were not. So I believe honoring them. Part of it was was that I that I did try and I worked until until it was there was no hope anymore. You know, I mean, I even told my mom laying there and she's dying. And I said, I wish you and I had some more time. 
because there's so much I could teach you. And tears were running down her, down, you know, her whole life. She tried to, she tried to, to get me back to where I needed, where she thought I needed to be. And I just, I couldn't honor her for that. For that, I couldn't. I mean, well, I respected her as my mother. Right. But that was that, not after the fact I became an adult. So this command certainly doesn't trump the others. No, I, right? it, absolutely. You shall have no other gods before me. I am the Lord your God, right? So, I mean, there's there's that understanding. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's you know, people have criticized the Ten, Ten Commandments. I've heard... Uh, people who are not Christians criticize the Ten Commandments going, you know, then their point is that, so the God of the universe comes down and tells people, this is, this is, this is the big grand law. And what is it? It's don't make idols, you know, honor your father and mother. They're like, what, what is this? You know, what the Pythagorean theorem would have been nice. You know, calculus would have been nice. The secrets, the universe would have been nice. And that's what a real God would have said. This is just nonsense. Right. And that's their argument. But that's it's a very shallow argument because mm -hmm. they're really missing what God is doing here. The first few commands are about our vertical relationship with him. With him. And the rest are about our relationship with each other. Yeah. And if the foundation of this is I pursue God with everything I have, and then I pursue my neighbors as myself, I pursue the it is, good of it everyone else. It is the else. greatest command in, in, uh, in its infancy. Kind of broken down. Yeah, Yeah, is. kind of broken down. And so honor your it's father. It's the beginning of it. Yeah, so... You're, you can't do this. You can't do any of this if you don't have this relationship right. Yeah. Right. And so when it's talking about that, you did honor your father and your mother by showing them the right way, by treating them with respect, even though you disagreed, by saying sometimes I've got to step away from you because I can't, I can't do what you're doing. I can't go where you're going mm -hmm. because this relationship comes first. Well, uh, you know, my, my dad, my mom died and, uh, and my dad was very, uh, very uh, alone. And within a year, he had met somebody else, uh, somebody that they went to church with. Uh, and uh, he asked me what I thought. I said, you know, look, it's not my life. I mean, I don't care what you do. It's not my life. It's your life. If you feel like this is what you need to do, then fine. Do it. I'll, I'll support you, whatever you need to do. What, what I didn't realize is, is that when a new woman comes into, into a man's life, you, you tend to gravitate towards that woman's direction and directive. And... Uh, you know, we lived a hundred miles away, a hundred miles away. And, and my youngest son said, when we, when, when we were at the funeral, my dad's funeral, we were there and, and my dad is laying in the casket right there and there's people talking and, and my youngest, he leaned over and he said, can me ask you something? He said, who are they talking about? He said, I don't know that guy because, because my dad never developed a relationship with any of my kids, we lived 100 miles away. They went to New York. They went to Ireland. They went all over the place seeing her children, but never came. And it was very difficult. It was very difficult for for my my son at this point. I don't even know if my if my uh, I bet my youngest son couldn't tell you what my dad's complete name was because he didn't have a relationship with him. He didn't allow it. He just yeah. didn't. And it was very difficult because I was watching my children grow up and not have a grandfather in their life, and he didn't want to have a relationship with them. He, he came to do something with his church here, some kind of installation thing. He was there for a couple of minutes. He got went over there, got drunk, and then drove home. So, you know, I mean, that's just the way it was. Yeah. And and they didn't they, they didn't want anything to do with him. So Yeah. It's very it's a very difficult thing when we 
when we pursue ourselves, all of this stuff doesn't work. It right? doesn't work. It starts to it fall does. apart very easily. But because... by that time, I had tried. I tried very diligently to uh, to go there. I, I went. I found had a church there that I would go to when we were there. I invited them to go with me. They wouldn't go. You know, our whole family went to this to this little church of Christ there down the street from us, and and uh, you know, and we tried, but. They just wouldn't have anything to do with well, it. Well, and, that, and in that situation, that's exactly what honoring is, trying. Not disparaging them, not saying, you guys are done, and I'm done, and I'm never doing this again. You know, keep, keeping that door open, trying, being responsive as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think especially in our in our culture today, you, un unfortunately, your story is not unique. I know it's not. And, there and, are, I, and, it, and it's given me an opportunity many times to connect with people that, that maybe some other people, maybe you couldn't connect with. I can connect with them because I know how they feel. Right. And I, and I can try to steer them to having no regrets. I have no regrets because I tried to teach my family. I, I tried every time I, every time I was around them, I tried to give them something that would maybe, that would maybe draw them. To, to the to the truth and uh, i have no regrets when it comes to that yeah. because i did try uh, a lot and uh, so i can tell people hey you know this is what it means and this is what you don't want to do at the end you don't want to have regrets i'm, I'm not going to badmouth them and, and gnash them i'm just telling you that they that they were were committed to their religion mm -hmm. and i was not and they then they turned on me and and that i can say because i've said that all along that's what you're gonna. That's what you can expect. Well, and this is why humility is so important as well. You know, I've been preaching through James. Of course, by the time this comes out, you'll be almost might, through. Might be done with it. But we'll done. Yeah. one of the things I, I that what we just looked at was the importance of humility mm -hmm. in these relationships, knowing and who we are, being yeah. submitted, mm -hmm. knowing who we are under God helps us remember well who all of us are under God. Right? Not only made in the image, not only people that Christ died for, but. Yeah. Yeah, we need his help, and that's and that's that's an important thing too. Honor your father, your mother, even when they're broken, because yeah. you're broken too. Yeah, you know, and, and realize so, it. I realized that my family was broken. I knew what could, I knew what could put them back together. They didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I knew what could put them back together. You know, and uh, you know, I I just I, you know it, it's still to this day. It just you know I I, I wish. Because there's something more I could have done. I don't know. Absolutely. Probably not. But yeah, anyway. It's difficult. Yeah. So honor your father, your mother, and then notice this promise so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. One of the things God is going to say to his to parents is you need to meditate on this stuff day and night. Mm -hmm. You know, at my house I've got a I've got a uh, I've got the Shema. Like when you walk in my door, it's the only piece hanging on the wall. It's right there. It's always there. And we've taught our children the greatest command. And we go over and over and over again. We do it in the children's small group because this is something that we need to under. This is something we need to grab and hold on to. Honor your father and your mother because they're going to be teaching. They should be teaching you these things. And they deserve your respect. But and you, you need know to that, obey them that, in that. that the norm is that they aren't. Yes. And so the entire, it all collapses. And it all, they all end up in exile. And if you've got yeah. children and you're not teaching them, you know, maybe you need to let God teach you first so that you can become the, the example to your children you need to become so that you can start to teach your children the things that you maybe don't even know at this point. The Shema is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. And love, and, and then the next part, what Jesus says in the in the gospel is, and the second is just as important to love your neighbors yourself. Well, and he pulls it from Leviticus. Son, yeah, Leviticus, Leviticus like, uh, 18 or somewhere like 12, that. 12, 6, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so it was all there. It was all given to yeah. them. But um, it wasn't two commands they put together. 
Jesus oh, put it together for them. Jesus put it together for them. We, we called it, when we studied it, we called it the Jesus Creed. Yeah. This is the Jesus Creed, you know, and and uh, and you put the two of them together, love God this way, and then love your neighbor this it's way. It's also how Jesus interprets scripture. Yes, it is. And so it's yeah. it's really it's a really fascinating statement because of all its all yeah. of its application. Yeah. In verse 13 he says you shall not murder. So now we have moved. I mean, look, we've we've been dealing with this vertical relationship and we've started moving on this horizontal relationship. Mm -hmm. And now we've moved to this you shall not murder. Now I have said this multiple times and I will continue to say it. The Sermon on the Mount was a lot of things. It wasn't just what, hey, this is what life in the kingdom looks like. That was certainly part of it. But it was also it was also Jesus's um it was also Jesus's uh condemnation on the practice of Judaism. They were always supposed to understand these things. It wasn't just Oh, by the way, do not murder. It was always, don't even hate your brother. Mm -hmm. He noticed what he says too. In the Sermon on the Mount, when you look at that, if you go back and look at that, he doesn't say, and Moses said, he says, and you have heard that it has been said, do not kill, do not murder. Who said it? He's not saying Moses said that. He's not even going back and saying, claiming God said, he's saying, you've heard that it's been said. It's been taught this way. It's been mentioned. Don't kill. Oh, it's okay to hate your brother but don't kill. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be so upset that you break ties, but don't kill. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Don't even be angry. The one who says, oh, fool is in danger of hell. That was always supposed to be yep. the understanding yep. of this. Mm -hmm. So it's not just don't kill people, mm -hmm. right? It's not just about, oh gosh, I'm so angry at you, but I can't, I've got to stop it killing you. That's yep. not, that's yep. again, the foundation. How do I not only, how do I not do this, but how do I help you and it's the same this. thing with the next one and the next one and the next one. I and mean, next, it said, it says, don't commit adultery. Don't steal. You know, Jesus said, if you see a guy and he needs your coat, give him your coat as well. You know, he said, he says, uh, you know, if, if you look upon a woman to lust after you've already committed adultery, they said, well, I can, I can do all this other stuff, but I can't go that far. That's right. Yeah. Right. I can't kill him. This, I can't commit adultery. This is the line. I'm yeah. always looking for that line. I can do everything up to this point. You're totally missing out on what this is actually saying. Well, Jesus clarifies it, though. And Jesus In does. the Gospels, he does clarify. He, does. he says, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, or you look upon a man to lust after him, you've committed adultery with him in your heart. That's well, what he said. And that was him pointing the finger at the Jewish community in the first century mm -hmm. and saying, you guys have totally missed this. Mm -hmm. This is what this stuff is actually talking about. Yeah. It's not just up until this point, right? If I love my brother as myself, I want to do everything I can to help him not kill people. What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. That means I probably shouldn't go to my brother and say, hey, did you hear what all these people are saying? Oh, they're horrible people. I probably should go to my brother and say, hey, I understand what they did was wrong and it, it wasn't right and they need justice and God is going to avenge you, but peace, you forgive. Doesn't God forgive? See, the, the dynamic is completely changes yeah. when we start talking about and looking at it from perspective of how do I help someone else keep these as well? You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Jesus, I love Jesus's application on the you shall not steal. Just give them your coat. Yeah. Just give them your coat. I, a thought experiment I've seen done, or not a thought experiment, but rather a, a premise I've seen is, is does, God, does, does God condemn the person who steals bread? Like, is it okay to steal bread and would to feed your family? And does God condemn that person? And the answer to the question is, yeah, God condemns that person. He also condemns the society in which they made it necessary yeah. for this man to steal food. Yeah. yeah. 
when you look at you shall not steal, again, how do I love my brother so much that he doesn't need to steal? Jesus' answer is simple. Give him whatever he, give him whatever he needs. Yeah. If he if he's doesn't have his outer garment, this outer garment was so important. It was the thing oftentimes that people slept with. Mm-hmm. Very poor. This Poor people only had one of these things. Yeah. So if you saw somebody without this outer garment, Jesus' response is, you know, this person doesn't have anything. They don't have anything that they need. Give it to them. Yeah. Why do you why do you have an abundance? Right? Why do we have an abundance? Why does God bless us with an abundance? So that we can give to others. Yeah. So that we can share in it with other people. Yeah. And so, yeah, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. How, think about it again from the concept of loving your neighbor as yourself. How horrific is this? Absolutely. And, yeah. And we've seen this. We've seen this. People railroaded. I'm, I can think of a couple of Supreme Court nominees recently that were railroaded, you know, with given this false testimony mm-hmm. or very, I, I mean, gosh, sh- incredibly shallow testimony with no evidence backing it up. No, I mean, in the New and Testament. And then it comes out later that, that it was not true at all. Well, and then, you know, in the New Testament, it says when in the pastoral epistles. So in First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, I can't remember which one, but don't accept... Uh, an accusation against an elder, unless there are how many witnesses? Three, yeah. two or three witnesses. There yeah. has to be. It has to be established what mm-hmm. has been said. This is incredibly important stuff. Yeah. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Obviously, if you're going after your neighbor's stuff, you don't love them. But think about what this communicates about God as well. I want what He's got. You don't trust that God knows what you need. You don't trust that God's going to provide what you need. Um, I think this is, I think this, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. When you start looking at all this and looking at what Jesus said, it's a lifestyle that, that, that we're going to die. God's going to still find us working on it. Oh yeah. Because, because we are, we are sinful creatures. And I look at all this stuff and I sit, I say, you know, I mean, you know, give false. I mean, work our cultures is people lie, you know, people covet. I want what I want. You know, I need it right now. We go, we go through this stuff. You know, we get, we get frustrated because we believe that we don't have enough and that God hadn't showed up and we go out and get ball whiny and full of self-pity. It's what I preached on a couple of weeks ago, That's you know, right. with, with Elijah, you know, and just demoralized and disillusioned and d- discouraged, depressed, you know, and, and, and we look around and say, well, how come that guy's got stuff and I don't, mm. yep. you know, and now we want what he's got. We, it don't make, ain't gonna make us happy, but it'd make us feel better if we had what he had. No, it wouldn't. Because God's already said for a Christian not to do that. Don't covet. You know, I'm going to take care of you. I've got a plan. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you everything you need that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called you by his excellent greatness. You know, I've got everything I need. He's going to give me everything I need that pertains to life and godliness. So whatever I've got is enough. And the Sermon on the Mount deals with that too. There it it goes. Jesus deals with that, doesn't he? You know, this, this preamble, to this awesome covenant that God is doing, how God is bringing Jesus into the world to redeem us. You know, you said earlier, you know, this is something that when we do, when we do, when we are finally in a rest, right? When we're finally done with this, when God comes back, he's going to find that we're still working on all this stuff. Yeah. And that's very true. Yeah, We're not supposed to look at this and go, peachy, I got it. I can do this. We're supposed to look at this and go, how? And God's yeah. answer is, with my help. With my help. 
with my help, you so can do this. If you're out there today and you're like, I can't even begin. Join the club. Join the club. Join the club. Join the club. <laughs> but God is bent on helping you do these things and get there. And if you'd like to learn more about how to do that, please, please reach out. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the for the law that you gave to them and the and the and the lifestyle that you've given to us and made possible for us. We know, Father, that we there's no way we can do all of this. We know that that we are we're we're so flawed. We just pray, Father, your blessings upon us and help us to understand that through your grace and mercy, through your forgiveness and through your acceptance, we can have a relationship with you and we cannot say thank you enough. Because left to our own, we will never get there. Thank you, Father, for the help, and thank you, Father, for, for the relationship we have and the, and the connection we have to you through the blood of your Son. Bless us, Father, as we move forward. Help us to have a great day, and help us, Father, to move closer and closer to you each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.